Hey community, in today's episode, Grammy-nominated artist Doe joins the director of Loop Gospel, Otto Price, to talk about her album Clarity, her favorite part about worship leading, social media, and so much more. You can get the master tracks for all of her songs on loopcommunity.com, so be sure to check those out and enjoy the interview. Hey guys, I'm so excited today to have another conversation with friends with an amazing artist, an amazing friend, but somebody I really I've known about, I'll share some of this with her later, but I've I've known about this artist for some time now, and I'm so excited to finally be able to sit down and have a good conversation with her. So I'd like to welcome to this conversation, Doe, how are you doing? Woo! I'm here, I'm out here. (laughs) Glad to be here, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I love your background. I love the, um, it's got that wind vibe going. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, because the weather outside is frightful. But inside, it's so delightful. It's so delightful. <laughs> okay, so I've got tears on heaters turned on in this house. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I, uh, I grew up in Massachusetts, so I'm used to. Um, I love the fireplace and the war, the roar of fire. So just even if I'm in a, I live in Nashville now. So even if we don't get weather like that, just the idea of a fireplace just makes you feel cozy and feels like home. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I alluded to this before. Um, I uh, was, you know, some people know I was, I was at a record label and I had a showcase that I was called to go to and it was to see a family band. And <laughs> the guy called me was a Ben word. And, and they, so, <laughs> I don't know if you know yep. any of the Ben word. No, no, I'm kidding. I know them. Jeff was our, Jeffrey Benward was our manager and it was at the Rutledge, right? Yeah. Definitely at the Rutledge. It was at the and, Rutledge uh, and uh, that was our first showcase. I think the Rutledge now is a barbecue place. <laughs> really? It might be. It's it's like Nashville. I'm sure it's either that or Bridesmaid. Okay. You Sweet. know, some type of place. It's something. It's, it's Nashville. So, no, but yeah. what I loved about that time was you, I don't know, you were, everybody was kids, but it was a family, but I just remember you stepped out and did a song. I thought, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And, and I, what I appreciate about Jeffrey, he actually, a lot of people don't know this. Like I started really, my career kind of took off playing with DC talk and that was my thing, but Jeffrey discovered them. And so, you know, to see that there's that connection with you and just, I thought, man, how it's all coming full circle. So it's yeah, awesome. it's pretty crazy. That is crazy. I think that I forgot he discovered DC Talk. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty big badge to wear, honestly. <laughs> that's really awesome. Yeah, if I hear that he discovered Bieber, I'd be like, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> that's the EGOT, right? That's for, the EGOT. For him. <laughs> well, he definitely got the EGOT with getting dough. First of all, multiple Dove Award winner, Grammy nominee. Let me just say, as a kid growing up, the idea of, you know, being around a Grammy was one of those things, definitely a bucket list. So you're in a small, there's billions of people on this planet. There's only a few dozen people that get that honor. So congratulations wow, for all that. So that's, that's That's really amazing. So, so let's just start from the beginning. So, you know, family was, obviously you guys were a family doing the family thing. And so yep. was that, was, were you always wanting to be in music or was it just, you had no choice? Uh-huh. No, I always wanted to sing. 
I didn't really understand the whole industry thing until later on in life. Who of us just, Who was really uh, the industry thing? <laughs> yeah, we just love singing. We love music, you know. And um, so this journey of uh, being an individual artist, a solo artist, has been a learning curve for me because when we were traveling with family, we were just hopping on buses and hopping on stages and hopping off the stage and going to eat. Mom and dad really had a lot of the um, their hands in the industry stuff with Jeff. And so, yeah, but, you know, in Louisiana, Forever Jones was birthed and we started going on the road and singing. And Jeff came to, to Streetport and he was kind of rebuilding his life. And we just kind of went like this. Our heart just went like this. Mm-hmm. And he became Uncle Jeff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's well. First of all, I love that he saw that family dynamic, and a lot. And you, you know this too. Um, his grandson Luke and my son Otto were like besties growing up. In oh, fact, wow. uh, his mom, uh, which would be Jeff's daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. Kendra, uh, was getting my son OP three in the acting, and so it's so. Oh. I think he sees that he saw that there was not only just the family dynamic, but that, you know, being that nurture. And so I'm sure he, he saw some things in you guys and saw something in you in particular that, you know, wanted to kind of get on the straight and narrow because, you know, to make sure that you had the opportunity to really get started off. Right. So even in that, what were the, who were the artists that influenced you growing up? Um, Gosh, obviously artists like India Ari, um, Christina Aguilera, Mariah Carey, Christian artists like Crystal Lewis, Out of Eden, Kim Burrell, Kiara Shear, the Clark sisters, Karen Clark Shear, um, Dietrich Haddon, everybody who's anybody really just like that we could get our hands on. And um, we weren't allowed to listen to secular music. So all of those artists that I mentioned in mainstream uh, we saw on Oprah or heard on the bus <laughs> or got to see when we went to our cousin's house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 You were allowed to do it. Yeah. yeah. Those people. Mary, Mary, for sure. Okay. So did you, you, you play instruments? Were you, did you start off singing more? Was that, you know, I always say this to um, a lot of times instrumentalists will say, are you a musician? I'm like, well, vocals are music or musical instrument too. But I would say if you're playing an instrument and even vocals are an instrument, but what was your first instrument? Was it voice? Was it playing guitar or, or what was it? Um, I think it was keys actually, it was piano. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm trying to think, was that, well, we were, we came out singing. Mama put us in the choir at two years old. Right. Um, but I, the first instrument I picked up was a piano and that was my first real passion. And, um, and then around 13, 12, I picked up guitar because my sister was playing guitar and, um, yeah, but, but singing is just like, it's another, my vocal cords are another limb, you know, on, on my body. And, um, and I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that outlet of expression. Yeah. Cause, cause you're singing just an extension of you. So it is. Yeah, as a keyboardist or guitar player, what when you're writing songs, what's kind of your go-to? Do you typically go to keys or guitar? What's your first 
it's both. It's either or. And, and at sometimes I, huh? At the same time? Same time. No, <laughs> I, it just kind of depends on what I'm feeling and what I want to hear, what my soul like wants to hear. And you feel something different when you play guitar because the chords and the structures of those chords are different. On keys, you can structure a chord however you want, but the sound is still, it's just different. And so it just, it depends really on what I'm kind of, piano is like easier to play because I just go sit down. Guitar, I got to pick it up and, you know, tune it. And <laughs> mm -hmm. So oftentimes they'll all write a song on the keys and then play it on a guitar and it'll pick up a different personality, you know, and mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I didn't know you were this, but yeah. So it sounds like you may have a, an energy that you're trying to get with the song and then the weapon of choice kind of helps to kind of cement that or at least emphasize the energy you're going for. Yeah, it's more, I would say it's like, I'll be inspired by an idea or a thought or a revelation and whatever instrument I feel would help me, you know, get that, release that is the one, yeah. Mm -hmm. And even you all know we're we're we it feels like we're dipping in the songwriting, but listen to your record, which is great. It's Thank you. I'm not just saying that it's a it's a I love that it's a record that's about life. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, I love that even you saying, like I was told, you know, we all grew up like that. And I that may have did may have done the same thing to my kids, but only listen to Christian music, but after a while, it's like, man, you listen to Christian music, worship music, you listen to all these things that make you who you are. And I love that you create a record that is, if you spend a week with Doe, this is the things that she's probably going to talk about over coffee, yeah. dinner. You yeah. know, I love that. And so clarity. So even right, what do you feel like that was that unique signature and things? What do you feel like yours is and maybe was kind of manifest in this record? Um. I feel like I just write what I'm in, what about what I'm inspired by, what I'm feeling, what's what is breaking my heart at the moment, um, what is keeping me alive at the moment. Um, I'll hear a random phrase and it will turn into a melody in my mind. Um, I'll be in conversations with somebody and they'll say, ask me a question. And I'll sing the answer back to them. Mm. And so I just find like I find inspiration in life. And, uh, and during the time of the album coming together, there were so many layers that God was removing from me and uprooting and things that I didn't know that, um, areas of brokenness that I didn't know existed in my heart. And it was, a, it was a few years of just like healing. Um, and so I wrote from that place, from this real and honest place and um but it took me a minute to get there because i didn't know i was allowed to write from that place and then i realized oh i think i'm supposed to write from this place and um so i just you know you just put those album or uh, songs on the album and you realize there's been an underlying theme in my life and i would not have noticed that had i not put it all into an art project now I look at my album and I'm like, oh, this is like what, this is what God did in my life throughout those past years. So that's kind of my, my theme um, for the last album. And then for the next one, it'll be something different. I know that's scary because people are like, you find a formula and you stick to it. 
but all I can do is tell the truth in song and, and hope that it like really touches somebody and they say, oh man, I can really relate with that. Well, you said that you feel like you um, couldn't write or weren't allowed to write or yeah. what, what was that? What, what did you, what, what weren't you allowed to that you feel like you actually were able to do on this project? Yeah. So that moment came for me on I Try. Mm. And if you listen to I Try and you listen to the words, you're like, oh, okay. I There were things that I didn't know I was allowed to say about um, how I felt. You know, I'm a pastor's kid. So I grew up in church and there's so much pressure to be perfect. And there's so much pressure to... Um, choose honor um, when maybe that someone needed to be called onto the carpet, if that makes sense. Um, and um, so for me, I was like, oh, so, so I kept sending these songs to the label, like, oh yeah, I can, I can write songs. They're going to love this stuff. So I send songs and they're like, these are pretty, but there's a lot of pretty songs out there. And we want, we really want something that's like true to you. And I remember my brother Judah being a part of just like helping me go back to the well that I didn't know was dry and dig and, and dig. And I broke down one day realizing like, I'm not as good of a writer as I thought I was. And I'm really going to have to work for this. And I try was when I struck water. I wrote, I try with my hand shaking because I knew that everyone who was a part of my life for the last 16 years they were going to hear themselves in, in my journey and not in a disrespectful way, but in an honest way. So that's what it was for me. How was the response? Great. <laughs> Nobody was, no one was offended. Yeah. Everybody, it, honestly, I feel like my world was waiting on me to be honest, you know, and then it's like, I'm an adult, you know, I think uh, sometimes as a pastor's kid, you learn to sit in the background uh, and wait till you're called to the front and speak when you're spoken to and you learn all of these rules and not everybody puts that on you. You just kind of feel that pressure sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so there was some adulting that I had to learn how to do as an adult when it came to communicating and when it came to um, even communicating my hurts and and the things that I was forgiving for. And I was so afraid of confrontation and um, and I try was probably the beginning of a process of healing for me. It was the beginning of, of a breakthrough moment. Well, we you and I talked about this before we started this conversation. And, and first of all, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I think that authenticity is something uh, that can be rare in music and songwriters. But that's what's what we do as songwriters. We're kind of I love what you said. If you see somebody ask you a question, you write a musical answer to it. I think that's what songwriters do. We that's good. Some of the best songs were scribes. We're writing down life and in a yeah. three and a half minute song. And we're 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 relating to humanity. Everybody so we're, so we're trying to relate and pull things out of us that will hopefully relate to somebody else. And and there's an artist, we all know, Amy Grant. Um, one of the things that I appreciate about her, I see a lot in you, is your authenticity. Is she, She's been around for so long because she's just authentically who she is. And, mm. and I see a lot of that in you. And, and I think that's, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's, that's when those 
gems start to really come to fruition because you're like, I'm being honest. I'm not, and I'm not having to do what I was been told. I feel, or, or the expectation. I'm sure your parents didn't say that to you, but because your parents are pastors, you feel like I've got to be perfect. I've got to do all the right things. I've got to, and, and you just want to be a kid. You just want to be a human. You don't want to feel like you're a, um, a piece of a museum. Right. And sometimes, you know, you're, you, when people say things to you and you feel like you have to have a reply, sometimes you just want your answer to be so <laughs> like, I saw you shrug your shoulders and I thought that was like something I was not, I felt like I always had to have an answer, you know, and I'm finding freedom and being like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to speak on the things that move me that I understand and that I feel like I can actually offer an articulate answer for the things I'm responsible for in life, the things I can control. Yeah. And um and that sets you free as a songwriter too. Yeah. I think as a human, I think one of the things that's helped me is going through books, especially in the Old Testament, it sounds crazy, but reading Job, when you really, really read Job, there was it ends. If it was a movie, it'd be the worst movie ever. <laughs> you, really? know, I, you know, you think about it, like his friends say, you know, you did this wrong. He goes, I do that. I won't talk to God. And then this young guy goes, well, all y'all are wrong. And then God shows up and says, where were you at when I created this? And then things come back, but they never, you never really get answers on why he went wrong. Right. Yes. And, and so we live in this constant perpetual state of, we got to have the answer. I got to know, if I'm, and I grew up in churches, like if things went wrong, what sin is in your life? And yep. <laughs> I don't what you right. doing? <laughs> what, what did you do? Like, I don't, I don't, I love to, all this stuff that makes you who you are, like even, you know, even worship leading, like what, what's that been like? Because uh, I'm not, your, one of your passions are, is worship leading, like, I'm sure you, you're in different spaces. What's, what, what's your, what drives you in a worship setting? Do you, what, where do you like to worship? What, what settings drive you? You know, I, my favorite places, and I go everywhere and I will always, you know, wherever the Lord sends me, but my favorite places are when I'm up there, you know, I have the microphone and I'm leading the moment, but everybody is out there saying, oh yeah, we're, we're going with you. Like, yeah. you're not going to have to work. You're not going to have to say much to us because we're all on the same page. (laughs) And that's always so easy because I feel like God, God can do so much with a yes. And there's so much surrender in those moments that that equates to so much breakthrough. And I'm not saying that God can't in, in hard spaces, but when everyone's hard is saying yes, (laughs) you know, that makes me feel like um, I don't I don't ever have to fight the temptation to get up there and tap dance. If I could just be real, right? There's no temptation to tap dance when everybody's on the same page. And those are my favorite spaces. Like when you're leading in a multicultural space, like what do you, because you're at a black church or predominantly white church, like what do you feel like is the thing that you know what's so crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that question because <laughs> I don't think I've ever allowed myself to think that way, right? Like, oh, I'm the only black person here. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm in an all black space. We never think that way. We just go, right? 
But if I'm honest, those multicultural spaces, because they've already broken through the barrier of preference and chosen the sound of heaven, whatever that is, they are way, way easier and way more fun. I hope I don't get uninvited. <laughs> but I no, I, I want that out there. It's the truth. You know, they've broken through that barrier of, well, this is the preference that I like to worship. And it's like, I prefer the sound of heaven and whatever uh, needs to be sung in that moment, what makes sense um, message wise. So I think you'll actually get more uh, because people, it's interesting. I mean, the world is set up. There's no delineation anymore with music. It's, you know, because we're natural. You see all these, the newest country artists are black kids. <laughs> that, you yeah, know, that's so true. It's just like, so music, the world is already moving forward. And, you know, we as a church need to make sure we don't keep stereotypes as old guard. We have, we have to figure out where's the world moving. Sign, like you said, the sign of heaven. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. I got uh, just two more questions for you. One, um, what you know, you've, you've been obviously in the industry. But what would what would uh, this dose say to a younger doe about? Hey, as you come into this, you know, the power or the the pain of social media or fame. What how's that affected you? I I haven't ex- I have not been exposed to the power of pain yet because I'm not that huge yet. Um, I do have people that say things, and you just I'm practicing right now. <laughs> um, but the fact that social media is my job, and then I'm also trying to find balance so that I can be present in my life when I'm with people. Um, I would have told myself to position social media to live in a workspace only from the jump to use social media and not be used by social media. If that makes sense. I would have positioned myself better for my introduction to social media because I'm that girl. And like I said, I'm just going to be real. I'm that girl who realizes, Oh my gosh, okay. I'm addicted right now. So I'm going to delete the app for a few days. And then I'll bring it back when I feel, you know, like I'm in a good place. Um, And I don't know if it would have been that way still, but I think I would have had better boundaries and just been more prepared for what the demand of social media. Mm. And this is, this kind of segues into my last question. How do you, um, how do you, it sounds like you said, how do you keep centered and focused on God when everything around you is pulling at you and, 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 all these demands how do you how do you have what practices are do you put in place to do that yeah my practice is to stay in the fight because in our lives like I'm not doing the same thing every day routine is like what you know um so I stay in the fight to pursue God in every differently shaped day And I don't allow, um, I stopped allowing the enemy to make me feel insecure, so insecure that I don't enjoy the ministry of reconciliation. And if I could, because I feel like there's no set somebody free because it set me free. The faster you can respond by running to the feet of Jesus, 
no matter what you feel like you failed at, uh, the sooner you can get away from the snowball effect where you're like, oh, I got it. Now I have to recenter and now I have to readjust my whole life back to la, 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 la. You know, and a part of that is you feel shame. So you distance yourself, even if you're somebody who preaches against shame and you tell other people to run to Jesus, it's like this natural thing. So you kind of distance yourself and you're like, okay, let me get my life back into a good place and and then start, you know, this routine again. And it's like, no, just keep showing up. And, and when you feel the worst, the moment that you feel the worst, run and enjoy the nearness of God and the ministry of reconciliation, because that irritates the enemy so (laughs) when he realizes that he didn't get so under your skin that it kept you from praying that day, or it kept you from, you know what I mean? And that has been like the joy of my life that God is like, he's waiting for me to respond that way. This is what Jesus died for so that I could enjoy the ministry of reconciliation. And, um, and I'm not saying I'm just out here living however I want to live, but it's just like that weight will get to you and that burden will get to you. And you start to feel unqualified Mm -hmm. and that feeling of feeling, uh, that feeling of unqualification or however I need to word it is like, could be so heavy for someone who's going to place to place, to place, to place and leaning on God to, to minister to people. And, and I so value prayer as a part of what I do. I know that I have to be in the secret place. So that's one of the ways the enemy tried to attack me. So for me, it's been like my knee jerk reaction is, Oh no, I'm still, I'm still going to show up, <laughs> you know, still going to show up. I don't care. You know how long it's not about quality or quantity. It's about quality time you know, with the Lord. And anyway, so that's what I would say. No, thank you for your time. Thank you, seriously. Your honesty and thank you for your transparency. I'm looking forward to hearing more great things and congrats on the nominations and uh, looking forward to what 2023 is going to be for you. Thank you. Love you, dear. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments, wherever you're listening, watching from, what you thought. Make sure you send us a message. Subscribe to our channel, YouTube, Facebook, and stay tuned for more from Lip Community.